Welcome to the podcast for WGTS Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can learn more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. Um, I heard a story, and this is a true story. Now, you heard, I don't know if y'all been following that the post office is really having some horrible problems right now. Now, hopefully no one here works for the post office, right? Okay. <laughs> But they're having some problems. In fact, they're they're getting to a situation where they're going to probably take one of the days of delivering mail and stop delivering it um, in order to try to save money. So it's really has gotten pretty bad for them. And what's affecting them? It's emails now that, you no, know, if you want to send a letter to somebody, you just type it on email instead of putting a stamp on it. You want to pay your bill, you set up automatically now, and it just takes out of your paycheck and this and that. And so it's really hurting the post office. But I heard a true story that I have to share with you before we start today. And this is a a true story. And what basically happened is that uh, a postal sorter, who a person just looks through the mail as it comes through and gets it ready to be mailed off, he saw a plain envelope that simply said, God. So he pulled it out, and he was going to just put it in the trash. He thought, let me just see what this says. So he opens it up. And there's a letter written by, he could tell it was an elderly lady, and she basically said, Dear God, you know times are tough right now. That I need $200 just to make it over the hump. God, could you please send me $200? Well, the guy was so moved by that letter that he just thought for a moment, you know what, I'm a Christian and this lady needs help. Let me just go ask some of our other for, for, uh, co-workers that I know that are Christians, and let's, let's see what we can do. And so um, in a little while, he was able to raise $180. So he had a special carrier take the money, deliver it to the lady, and he was just so glad they were able to do that. It wasn't all of it, but they were able to at least get her $180. Well, he said a few weeks later, he was looking through the mail, sorting as always, and he saw the same envelope with the God written on it, and he knew it was from the same lady. He opened it up, and he started reading it, and it said, Dear God, I want to thank you so much for that $180. That is just going to help me make it over the hump. God, you are always so good. And then she wrote, P.S. I just wanted you to know those thieves at the post office sold, stole $20 of that. But <laughs> And he says, here we are trying to help somebody, and they try to. But friends, God's love is a free gift for us. And if you're here for the first time tonight, we're in a series entitled God Love. Uh, we've had the opportunity to be three parts into this series. And what makes this series so unique is that you don't have to come for one for the other. It's all mixed up. And so you, you can come by itself and still be able to understand uh, what we're talking about. And tonight's message is simply accepting God's love. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you again so much for your love, Lord. Many times we forget that it's a free gift that you have given us. I ask you, dear Lord, tonight to help us to accept that free gift. And Lord, there are some here today, the voices are telling them there has to be a catch. There is nothing's for free. But through your power and through the Holy Spirit, we rebuke those voices today, dear Lord. And we come to you as your children, ready to accept 
what you have in store for us. In your name we pray. Amen. The other week I had the chance to uh, watch the Discovery Channel and they are doing the special on Shark Week. Did anyone, anyone else watch Shark Week? And that's an amazing thing. In fact, you drive down by the Discovery headquarters and you'll see, when they're doing Shark Week, you'll see a shark, well, a big fake shark sticking off the side of the building. But it's a big thing. I didn't realize this thing is huge when they do this whole week just specializing on sharks. Now, there's this one story that was so amazing to me that I have to share it with you here today. Uh, basically, this guy, he was a fisherman um, off the coast of Florida. He was down in the Keys. And basically what happened is that his boat flipped over. His luck was so bad. But he had a little raft, just a little raft, and he was able to get on his raft, and he floated for almost seven days there in the ocean on his little raft. Well, the way he was surviving is that he was fishing, and his luck once again got so bad that as he was trying to maneuver the little hook with the fish, the hook hits his little floating thing he's on. The air goes out. So then the guy is in the middle of the ocean. And he's just bobbing along there, and he's there for two days, just floating on a little piece of the, uh, of the boat there. He's hanging on for two days. His luck gets even worse. He drifts into shark mating season. One of the only areas where sharks, they get together and they're mate. And he's there in the middle of them. Luckily, the Discovery Channel people were there filming. And so they saw, they just couldn't believe that these sharks are flipping all around this guy and he's just there. And so they sent the helicopter immediately down to try to get him to grab the thing. And the guy had been so dehydrated that he started hallucinating and he thought the helicopter was just a vision or something. He didn't, couldn't believe it. So they're yelling and screaming, get, just grab the thing, grab it, grab it. He didn't do it. So then they send a little boat that they dropped off of the helicopter right in front of him. All he had to do was flip into the boat. But once again, he's thinking this is all a hallucination, that this is not real. And finally, they dropped a diver down in the water in a little cage thing. And the diver went up to the guy and trying to get his attention. And the guy's fighting the diver. He's thinking in his mind, this is an illusion once again. And then the diver did something that was so interesting. The diver had to knock the guy out. Bam! And then he was able to get the guy and drift him out of there and they're gone. (laughs) Wow. And it's so funny because when we think of that, we think of all the danger that that guy was in. But we think of all the help that he had. But he couldn't believe it. He couldn't accept it. And that just reminded me of us. That many of us, we are drifting in a world full of sharks. Sharks all around us. Sharks at work. Sharks in our family. Some of you are even married to sharks. (laughs) 
Not you, Pastor Pete and Sam. Y'all just got married now. I'm not talking about y'all. But the thing is, is that even in the world of sharks, even in the midst of all the trouble, God is still trying to show us how much he loves us. God may do it in a way of a helicopter coming down saying, wake up. Yes, you have problems right now. Yes, it may be difficult, but I am giving you my love. But there are some of us who are so dehydrated that we just can't even believe it. We have made religion so complicated that we can't understand the most simple, basic fact. And that is that God loves you. And do you understand that God loves you just the way that you are? Do you understand that you you don't have to change in order for God to love you? Now, I know that's some radical talk that I'm giving. Some of you are ready to pull your stones out and start getting ready to throw them at me. But friends, God loves you. Yes, he loves you enough that there are some things he does want you to change. He only wants to do that because he knows that it's going to be better for you in the long run. But that has nothing to do with him loving you. And I love to share this with you about my grandmother, who was a missionary. Many of you heard me say this before. Missionary in Liberia. After my grandfather died, she decided to go and she would be a missionary to Liberia. Graduated from Moody Bible Institute, the first African-American woman to get a degree in mission work. She spent over 40 years in Liberia. She would raise money, go back home. 13 girls' schools that she started up, 13 of them. And I can never tell you this story enough, but it's just so important that you understand what I'm saying here today. She would often say to me when she would come home on her sabbaticals, she would say, Terry, tell me this. What can you do for God not to love you? And I would think, and I remember the little boy, and I would think, and I would say, all right, Grandma, I got it, I got it. Not smoking. She would say, nope. And I would think again as a little five-year-old, and I, would, and I would say everything I could think of, not hitting someone, not doing, nope, nope, nope. And then finally she would say, Terry, you can't do anything to make God not love you. She says, I don't care how low you get in life. Always remember that God loves you. He's never going to leave you. Now, he may shake your world up a little bit. And in layman language, he may have to knock you out sometimes. But he's going to do everything he can possibly do for you to understand how much he loves you. Notice our first scripture that we're going to share with you here today. It's a scripture that simply says, and I I just love, I, I just love this. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Now, one of the things is that I want to share with that passage is simply this. If you understood anything about the Samaritans, that they were the most hated 
of the Jews. If the Jews had an enemy, if it was like the, uh, what was the Cleons and the uh, Star Trek people, how they just, just, just could not get along. And that's the way it was with the Samaritans. But Jesus went on to say that even Samaritans, and we can go on and on with the story for that, but I want to go right to our next verse, uh, Romans uh, 5, 8, and it's going to tie everything together here. Once again, that's Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you really understand what that verse is saying? That while we were still sinners, while we're still struggling, still have problems, Christ still died for us. Friends, God has such a blessing for you in life. But it all starts with you accepting his love. Of realizing that there's no strings attached. There's nothing that he's trying to trick you into doing. You take it. God loves you. And so the next time that you struggle and you feel like giving up, you have to remember. God loves you. He loves you. Bill Hybels, a popular minister in Chicago at the Willow Creek Church, he tells a story of his little son who wanted a bicycle. And so his mother had said, all right, dear, why don't you sit down with him and you make arrangements of how, you know, you're gonna, he's going to get the bike. And so Bill said he did something that, that he regret that he did, but he decided that he would bribe his son by getting a new bicycle, by making him trying to get better grades. And so they're at the dinner table, and he said, son, um, um, you want a new bike, I hear. Mom, your mom told me. He says, yes. He says, well, son, if you do this, if you can get straight A's on your next report card, I'll get you any bike you want. And his wife said, dear, don't bribe him. He said, no, no, dear, I know what I'm doing. And his son said, dad, any bike that I want? He says, that's right. Well, that was it. They went on. Everything was fine. Around five weeks later, the little boy came to dinner and he was just smiling. And his father looked, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing, daddy, nothing. And they're eating and eating. Everything's fine. And he looked and the little fellow's just still smiling away. He says, son, there has to be something going on. Why are you smiling so much? Oh, nothing, daddy. Well, they have their desserts. He says, by the way, daddy, I want to show you something. He reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a copy of the report court that was going to be mailed to the family eventually. Straight A's. Heibel said that he was in shock. He says, we couldn't afford a bicycle. I don't care if they were giving it for free. We couldn't afford it this month. And his wife looked at him and said, you said it, dear. You said you would do it. And so he said, they go down to the bicycle store. And the whole time he's furious. He's just mad. Can't spend money on a bicycle. We, we can barely, barely make, make our bills right now. And so as they're walking through the door and in the window, there was the bike of bikes. 
It had everything on it, all the bells, all the whistles, everything. And the little boy was looking over and Bill was praying, please just don't let him concentrate on that. Please let me get his attention. So he says, as soon as he got in the store and the little fellow still looking at the window, he says, come on, come on, son. I want you to look at this bike. And he's trying to show the kid this little bike in the little cheap section. And the kid's eyes are still looking at the window. And he says, all right, son, which one of these do you want? Which one of these do you want? And the little fellow said, Daddy, I want that one in the window. Heibel says he goes over to it and he is praying, please, please don't let this be expensive. And he looks at the tag and to his amazement, the bike is over $400. Now, this was in the 80s, so you imagine. (laughs) And his wife said to him, I told you not to try to bribe him like that. And Bill said, I had to take some of our rent money and write a check out for a $400 bicycle. He says, I was furious. Even we're putting the bike in the car. I'm mad. I'm just mad. My son knows I'm mad. Put it, we get it home and I'm even mad. I get the bike out, practically throw it on the grass. I'm so mad. $400 for a bicycle. Well, he said he was doing something and he happened to look out the window and he saw his little son riding that bicycle. And he said the joy that his son had on his face. He said it just melted my heart. He says I would have bought him a Harley Davidson at that moment of time in my life. Just the joy of seeing my boy so happy. And friends, the enemy does not want you to realize is that's how God looks at you. God wants you to be happy. He wants to bless you. You see, the more you're blessed, the more you're a blessing to others that you can point it back to him. But as we started off with, so many of us, we start letting the whispers Talk us out of the ladder that's coming down, trying to help us. So many of us don't understand there's a boat right next to us trying to say that, I love you. Sister, I love you. All I'm asking you to do is to accept me. Because I love you so, so, so much. It was never my will that your boat was to tip over and all that stuff to happen. That was never my will. But even in the midst of all that, I still had a plan. And that brings us back to our last scripture here today. A scripture that we know we've heard so many times. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That scripture boils everything down of accepting God's love.
Never forget that. Billy Graham, as we conclude, was speaking in the former Soviet Union. And as he was speaking there, there was a list of theologians who had come because the wall had just broken down and and all these underground Russian theologians were now able to come out of from the underground and be able to do all this stuff. And so Billy Graham is just preaching away. And so Billy Graham decided to preach on the topic that Christ had never sinned. And so all the theologians are there, how Christ didn't have sin in him and different things like that. And Billy Graham said he was trying to make it a little bit more theological because this was a group of theologians from Russia and he was going on and on and on and on. And so when he was done speaking, He simply said that, do you all understand this? And all the Russian theologians are raising their hand. They just, yes, yes, Christ never had sin. We agree. Except there was this one little old lady who was sweeping the floor. And she raised her hand. And she was not even part of the theologians. She was simply there cleaning. And so... Reverend Graham said, what, what's, what? And so then she said, Mr. American preacher, you're wrong. But she said it in Russian and they translated back to him. And so Billy Graham said, no, 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 ma'am. You have to understand that, that, that Christ never had sin in him. That, that's the basic of everything. And so maybe I need to explain it to you. And so he started explaining and breaking it down how Christ didn't have sin. And then they had one of the Russian theologians. He stood up and he started breaking it down to her how Christ never had sin and this and this and this and this. And after around 30 minutes, he said, he says, do you understand now? And once again, she said, you're still wrong. And Billy Graham is thinking, what do you mean? Just cross. And she says, I know you're wrong because... He took my sins. And Billy Graham said that he just started crying. All these fancy theologians and this little simple lady had understood it more than anybody else. He went over to her and he just hugged her. He said tears just flowing down his face. Because God took your sins upon himself. He did not have to do that. But he loved you so much that he wanted you to be able to accept his love and to be able to go to heaven that he was willing to do by any means necessary. And friends, there are many of us We don't accept that. We have tried to make rules that, well, you know what? Um, In order for him to love me, I have to do this. I have to keep, I don't eat, I don't. We make it so complicated. I'm here to say today, simply accept God's love. Accept it. 
then he will do the rest. Whatever he needs to do to make you go to heaven, whatever, he's going to do all that stuff. But you just have to concentrate on accepting his love. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.